Alright guys, uh, so I'm going to be getting started for the day. So, a, uh, a Protestant and a Catholic priest, they uh, go down to the racetrack and are betting on the horse races. And uh, the Catholic priest, he prays, and uh, uh, the Protestant sees him praying. And then the Catholic priest, he goes and he bets on a horse. And that horse, lo and behold, he wins. And uh, same sequence of events occurs. The Protestant uh, witnesses the Catholic Church, or the Catholic uh, priest, he's, he's praying, and then he is uh, bet, put betting on a horse, and again, the horse wins. So uh, the, the Protestant becomes very confident and goes down to the ATM, withdraws all his money, and uh, he, he's, he comes back and the, the Catholic priest is real close to the horse this time. He's praying and uh, he's, he kisses the horse on both cheeks and makes a crucifix with his hand. And uh, he goes off and uh, the Protestant, he, he puts all his money on that horse. And uh, halfway through the race, the horse uh, falls dead and dies. And uh, Protestant loses all his money. And he goes up to the Catholic priest and says, Hey, what's, what's going on here? Uh, I, thought, I thought you had a, you know, a connection with God. I thought that horse was going to win. And the Catholic priest says, Well, that's the problem with you Protestants. You can't tell the difference between a blessing and last rites. Alright, so uh, the content contained within the Bible has the ability to elevate your life to new levels of exaltation that are only possible by God's hands. And so repeat after me. God is with me. I am chosen of God. All things have become possible for me. Just like the Bible says, I will obey God and receive the miracles spoken within it. And so, we're going to be talking about the love of Jesus Christ today, and just how incredible God is, and why applying these ways, the ways contained within the Bible, are going to, are so potent, right? So powerful. And they are, they are, uh, tried and tested, right? You can look at the parables of uh, the parable of the mustard seed of faith. Take with you a mustard seed of faith and apply it to your life and you will point, point it to a mountain and say, jump, and that mountain will jump. And so while some of the parables in the Bible, right, they are figurative, right, you'd be shocked exactly just how powerful some of them are, and indeed, right, they, they do factor in uh, divinity, God's divinity, love, life, etc., etc., etc. That is who God is. So when you reach out for the divine in your life and the divine shows up, don't be shocked because that's what you begin to work with when you begin to work with the one true living God of all Israel. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He planned, he carefully planned and plotted. He designed and was the lead architect, right, on your life, of your life, prior to your birth. Okay? So we're talking 80 years out, no problem. That's nothing for God to see in foresight, right? 
This is, this is what you're starting to work with when you partner with God. When you stop worrying about the ways of mankind. Stop worrying about things mankind worries about and start doing it God's way. Seek first the kingdom of all righteousness and all things will be added to you. All things added to you. Yes, this is true. Trust me, there is the worldly wisdom, right? There is worldly wisdom, plain worldly wisdom. Let me give you an example of this. Bible says thou shalt work six days a week. If you work six days a week, yes, there will be financial boon. Is that, does that make logical sense? Yes, right? Does that benefit someone's life? Yes, right? Whether they are a non-believer or a believer, right? A sincere amount of work ethic is the summation of what the fourth commandment is summarizing. And so atheist or the most devout believer, right? It will benefit your life. The Bible. Now, here's the thing. That is just the icing on the cake, right? That's just uh, the beginning of the blessings. It's not what's important. What is important is the partnership with God. Because when you realize that God exists, when you witness a miracle and have your eyes grow wide at the wonder and awe and glory of the living God. Well, that is the beginning of your relationship. That is the first step, right? God with us. It's the most important thing. More important than those material blessings I was talking about. Far more important. If God needs to get you money, he'll snap his fingers and you'll, you'll get as much money as God would like you to have. However, I'll tell you right now, if you, if you could see how mankind lords financial exaltation over each other, oh, you're, you're, you're not as uh, wealthy as I am because you donate, so now you're a loser, right? Something like that. That is how mankind uh, lords their finances over each other. So if you can imagine witnessing all the bad stuff that mankind is willing to do, all the sin mankind is willing to commit to obtain that finance, you can also imagine how much God, he doesn't really like it that much. If God wants to build you a church, no problem. He'll get you the, he'll get you the finances to build you that church. But also, you have to understand and keep in mind that it is not about money. Uh, mankind places a, a severe overemphasis on finance and it, it results in the corruption of a large immense amount of uh, people's souls blocking people from immortality they trade their immortal souls for, for 80 years now if I if <clears throat> if Right, well, faith is, is believing in God. It's, it's believing that God is there, right? And so if I tell you, uh, hand, hands down, I say, hey, I've got two offers for you. I'm going to give you 80 years to work and grow finance, or I'm going to give you uh, 100,000 years to work and grow, grow finance. Immortality. Which are you going to choose? And this is faith, right? And I will tell you, when you really think and become mindful of a full 
thoughtful sense of faith, right? A full understanding when you can grasp faith in itself, right? Well, let me ask you. See, see, I go around and I pray for people. I walk up and I pray for them and I say, hey, is there anything I can pray for you for? Now, here's the thing. If you really believe in God and you really believe that God is um, omnipotent or extremely powerful, creator of the heavens and the earth in six days, right? Would you let me pray for you? Would you accept my blessing? Yes or no, right? And when you break it down to this level of simple thought, it's kind of fascinating because what you start to dissect, what you start to understand is that a lot of people, they really say they, with their mouths, right? They profess with their mouths that they are believers. But the second those hardships come, the second the scorching sun rises up, the seed burns, and the plants, right, they wither and die. The faith, it withers and dies away. And so it's, it's really interesting when you're reading Christ's parables and then you're putting them into practice and they're coming to life in your life and you're witnessing exactly what Christ was witnessing while he was writing the parables, while he was living that true Christian life. That, right, I mean... very, very people, they sort of, a large amount of people, they sort of um, reject it. They say, well, yeah, I believe I'll, I'll go to church. I mean, that's fun. That's great. But that's not what faith is all about. It's not what God's all about, right? There is blessings and there will be actions uh, orchestrated by Christians. In my life, because I say I am Christian, right, uh, you will produce Christian fruit. You will bless people. You will be talking people up. You will be outreaching to people, right? And Christ says this, right? He says, if you believe in me, you will do the works that I have been doing. And so uh, understanding, right, that Growing your spirit, pressing into your spirit, letting God know that he is first and foremost in your life is important. God, God needs to know that he can trust you. God needs to know that if he hands you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and earth, that you're not going to stray like King David did, for example. Because once God hands you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and earth, right, the temptation will be very, very real. And if if you can imagine uh, as a human being handing, handing something uh, potentially dangerous like uh, a pair of scissors, right, saying, I sure hope I can trust you with this, it's something like that. And Understanding, right, that God is willing to work with us. He's willing to build with us. He's willing to raise us up practically as high as we want to climb, right? But you have to stay in God's covenant, right? King David, right, saw... God saw King David's heart, right? And that is the spiritual gifting, the heart of David, it is a pure and righteous heart 
that nothing in the world, not man, not finances, not anything else, no other treasures, can trump it. That is the actual heart of David that he possessed when he was chosen as a shepherd boy. Prior to his exaltation, it is a good heart, an incorruptible heart. That's something God's looking for. And once you get that, and you can you can hold to it, right? You tell God, right? And you show God, I'm going to hold to it. Well, it's walking into the state of righteousness. And what is that word righteousness? You see, while I'm translating the Bible, I am finding that all these words for spiritual, like divinity. Well, prior to... Uh, the original creation of the first pages of the Bible, right? What was the word divinity, right? What was its definition? It didn't exist. So just like all other words, right? Uh, but these words, they're a little bit harder to grasp, right? If I hold up a cup to you and say, hey, this is a cup, right? You, you can understand, oh, it's a cup. That makes sense. That is why it's called a cup. It's a cup, right? But in, in regards to things that are intangible, right? Uh, righteousness, divinity, God. Defining them is, it's difficult. And so what righteousness is, is it means to be pleasing in God's eyes. To be pleasing in God's eyes. Your life brings God joy. God loves your life because oftentimes because you love God. And this is why the prophet Abraham was selected. See, the prophet Abraham hadn't heard God. And he probably didn't know too much about God from the beginning, in the beginning. But lo and behold, God's voice came and he spoke to Abraham. And Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. See, righteousness, there's all these theologies about uh, righteousness. No, nobody made it into heaven prior to Jesus Christ. Those are false theologies. Because righteousness is that point. It, righteousness is the point of salvation. It is the point where you have walked out of alignment with the ways of mankind and brought yourself into alignment with the ways of the one true living God. The holiest of holies, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness salvation at that point that is the point of salvation for all mankind and who chooses that point well it's Jesus Christ no man enters to the father except by me And what Christ is talking about, he's talking about his ways, staying in the ways of righteousness. You are pleasing to God. So ask yourselves, right, where in my life am I pleasing to God? And here's a real key factor, right? God does not look at us. God being a God of love, being a God of, I know I can exalt that person, right? Being a God of miracles where he can see you, 
and he knows he can exalt you uh, at any moment, at any time. He sees fit, God can exalt you. Uh, where is this reflected? It's reflected in King Saul. The prophet Samuel is prophesying to King Saul. He says, go to this place, and at that place, the fire of the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be changed into a new person. Into a different person. So God can exalt you. That's no problem. He's done it before. He's done it 2,400 years ago, which is the estimated time that the Bible was written like in ancient, ancient times, right? But not only back then, he's still doing it today. And he's going to keep on doing it till the end of time itself. Right? And so that point of righteousness, that point of salvation, is where God is leading us in our lives. It is not, hey, I've, I, man, preaching accurate gospel, oh, shoot, that's hard. I don't make much money doing that, so I'm going to twist my scriptures. That is disloyalty to the Lord God of Israel. It's sticking with character, sticking with God, sticking with righteousness, even when it gets hard, even when the going gets tough. It's not being willing to step outside your covenant no matter what, even on pain of death, right? And understanding that that kind of commitment is what God is looking for, and not only what God is looking for, but what will be exceptionally beneficial to our own lives, well, that's, that's called Christianity, right? That's called wisdom. And so, when you start walking down this road with God, no, no, right? You have to understand that. <clears throat> you cannot merely profess that you are a Christian by your lips and believe that that is all it takes. You cannot say that you are a Christian. Christian is only a way of living only a lifestyle certain ways that God has that God loves right that's what God's talking about pretty much throughout the whole Bible it's really breaks down if I wanted to simplify it what is it well it's that one singular word it is righteousness it is surrendering your life to God's holy ways and walking out of life uh, sorry, out of death into life. <laughs> so understanding that, that covenant, it's sacred, right? It's sacred. It should be sacred to ourselves as Christians, and it should, and it is sacred to God. God loves us. We are his treasured possession. Amongst all the nations of the earth, I will make you my treasured possession. Yeah. That's what God's talking about. He's talking about thanksgiving, right? Thanks living, living a life of thankfulness. Living a life knowing that God is with you. Witnessing the miracles as the ancient Israelites did. Not surrendering your accurate preaching for finance. That's the road to hell. And if it doesn't point you to, if it doesn't get you there, right, 
it will lead some of your flock there. And you will be held accountable for that, for that fruit, that bad fruit. And that is biblical. It is the Word of God. Understanding that poor teaching, right? The reason that I am publishing all these mistranslation videos is that there's over 5 billion, there's 7.7 7 billion people in the world. There's over 5 billion copies of the King James Version of the Bible alone. And so understanding that bad teaching, right? What is bad teaching? Inaccurate teaching is poisonous. It's damaging. Why? Because it's conjured up by the imaginations of men. It's conjured up by scholars who thought, I know more than God, instead of just translated word for word. Not only that, right? Like I was saying with those uh, words when they're originally being formed, the words defining God, salvation, uh, divinity, holiness, righteousness, etc., right? You have to be an understanding. You have to be a true Christian, right? To fully grasp and produce accurate Christian theology because if you don't have that relationship, that relationship with God that is the most important part of our lives as we walk through the days of our lives into immortality with God, that's the most important thing. It's God with us, right? Emmanuel, right? Righteousness. And so if you don't have that relationship or you've been dragging that relationship through the mud and God is distant, watching from a distance, uh, don't be shocked if God's not going to reveal the keys if God's not going to reveal the hidden paths that are contained within reality and the pages of the Bible, if you're not willing to surrender your ways, if you're not willing to surrender your ways, then out of the dust you were formed and into the dust you shall return. That was the curse of Adam and Eve. God did not break that curse. All Christians go to heaven is not what the Bible says. So while that may be hard, truthful theology, and it's not what people want to hear, it is accurate. And yeah, you know, many pastors, they will uh, shy away from these sort of tough verses. Because, why? Because people don't want to hear them. And if you tell people the truth, and uh, right, so I've noticed myself, hey, I'm putting on some pounds. I've been working on the Bible hard. So if I walked up to, say, myself, and I said, hey, you're, you're putting on some weight, man. It's not really the nicest thing to do. It's not really what people want to hear. It's not really attractive. It's not really nice or kind, right? But it, it would be truthful. And, you know, understanding that sometimes, right, sometimes, uh, you know, people need to hear the truth. People need to have that beacon of light that's pointing home instead of into their own bank accounts. I can't tell you what percentage of mankind trades their souls for finance, but it's high. It's 80, 80, 70, 80 percent, something like that. There is 
is no greater offer than being chosen of God, than choosing to lay down those things in the world and walk with God. He will lead you. He will get you where he wants you to go. But you have to stop focusing on this little black dot that mankind is oftentimes so in love with. And it's the craziest thing when you see it because the Lord God of the universe, the maker of the heavens, the stars, the earth, us, he stitched us together in our mother's womb, right? God will be standing right next to that person in all his glory and wonder. And that little, that man is holding on to that little black speck. And if they would just let that speck go, if they would just let that little black speck go, they could have God with them in their life. They could walk on silver linings that are not possible. Indeed, God can do many, many things that are impossible for humans to do. So you have to decide what life, what roads of your life, and you only get to pick one road to walk in your life. That's the crux of free will. That is the burden of free will. You can choose to walk into the fire and perish, or you can choose to walk into the divine realms of immortality and serve God. And understand, not just listen to a podcast, not just listen to a stream online and say, yeah, man, what this guy's talking about sounds incredible. But to actually know, to actually see what God is capable when God chooses to move, when God chooses to part the Red Seas and say, what's, what's next? Greater things is what Christ promised us. Not, not uh, the same things greater things that is what god is offering a life filled with greater things things that are greater than finance things that are greater than the desires of mankind the realms of divinity god's holy realms are rich in compassion love mercy grace forgiveness edification, helping other people. A tool you can use is that if a church is not doing benevolent outreach, they're not Christian at all. You should have no nothing to do with that church. If they're not a church of action, it is a synagogue of the devil. And you should stay away from it. Absolutely. They must be helping other people. Where is this displayed that Christians ought to help other people? in every single prophet in the Bible. <clears throat> Jeremiah went to warn people that they were that there was uh, the Babylonians were coming and uh, they were going to destroy them. Jesus went to warn people that they were sinking deep into their sins. As in the days of Noah when the flood was coming, they were sinking too deep in their sins. They needed to be saved by their sins. And so out of love, he's doing this benevolent act of Christian outreach and setting the example to all of us, to all mankind, in regards to these things. In regards to what Christ was sent to reflect, the nature, the love nature of God. 
And so when these teachings, right, when these hard teachings, they come into your life, they come into your ears, or maybe they're sitting with you, right? You, maybe you're worrying. You have to understand the how much, how incredible God's love is. You have to understand the forgiveness of God. Messing up one time ain't going to do it. Messing up ten times, it's not going to do it. You'd have to do something incredibly terrible. Vladimir Putin, something like that. God's forgiveness is incredible, but grasping it is difficult because God is obfuscated. He's hidden. He's hard to see. It is hard to discern the nature of God, and yet, somehow, 85% of all mankind agrees that there is a God out there. Look how many different castes of religions there are out there. An incredible amount. A a mind-boggling amount, right? And if 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 you've never experienced something spiritual, all you have to do is seek it. And I guarantee you, you will find it. God is the Lord God of all existence. He's right there. He's right here now. That is who God is. So understanding and making sure that these teachings, right, these parables that Christ commands us, do not worry, right? Well, when you're fearing, what is that? You're worrying that God, that your sins are greater than God, but God is greater than your sins. God is a good judge. He's not going to uh, make some error in judgment or judge us on one instance of our life. God does not read a single page of the book and say, I hated that page, I'm burning the book. God reads the whole book. That's who he is. And he is a merciful, just God. He is the God of goodness. He is the God of love. If you can read the Bible, if you've read the Bible, and you can't see just how incredibly loving God is, jump back into the New Testament. But holding that love, love, love within ourselves is difficult sometimes while we are suffering the trials of life, while we are being affronted by people who, you know, they have other agendas than helping other people or doing good. They are shepherds who only care for themselves. This is, that's First Jude 1, shepherds that only care for themselves. They twist the scriptures to their own destruction. And it's sad when you see uh, people trading immortality and a relationship with God for 80 years of their life. But so many people, I can't tell you, an incredible amount of people, shocking amount of people, do it. Love God. This is the first step. It's the first step of Christianity because if you do this one single step and you are mindful of it, and you are thoughtful of it, and you gain an understanding of it, you will enter the kingdom of heaven. You will be chosen by God. You will be lifted up into exaltation and the heights that only God knows. That only God knows the roads to those heights. An interesting instance in my life as I was watching I was watching a sermon of Billy Graham, a famous, very famous preacher, and 
Richard Nixon, a former president of the United States, gets up in front of a crowd, and the crowd is so numerous that Nixon is shocked. President, the President of the United States is shocked at the size of the crowd. And Billy Graham with God, or God with Billy Graham, is standing there. And he's about to do what he's doing all the time in his life. He's about to preach with all his heart, soul, strength, and mind for the one true living God. <laughs> and it's just incredible seeing the other roads that uh, people choose sometimes instead of choosing God over all things, over all creation. Because if they could see where living and loving God would lead them, if they could see where that living, loving God was leading them, I tell you, if they could see the end result of where God would lead them, there's not one person in all mankind who would not drop what they were doing immediately and run directly to God's plan for them. I guarantee you that, 100%. Not one person in all creation, not from the dawn of time until time's end. Not one. Because... There is no greater offer than what God is offering. That is what it means to be chosen of God. That is what it means to hold on to your covenant as something sacred. It is what it means to be consecrated for the one true living God of all Israel. It is what it means to be a servant of God and surrender your ways so that you can receive the exaltation at God's holy hand. Hey, blessings on you all. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day.